Yeah, the whole mishbucha. We got to get the ch in there, not the mishbucha. Yeah. The mishbucha. You got a You got a So, hey, listen, Clinton Yates is in today for George Sedano. What's up, you handsome man? I'm doing good, man. I am a little weary because I've been on the road, like I like you heard Morales say. I I got up at 4 a.m. this morning in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and I hit the lovely CID airport, flew from there to Denver, had to get a bit of a hustle double to get from one gate to the other. It was one of those where, like, I had 20 minutes, but the thing was 10 minutes away, and you never really know, so, like got to keep it moving you know what i'm saying so got there got back went straight downtown to the studio uh la live that is uh to do the jump with george who was in uh vegas and dude sidebar for those of you who don't know if you think george is just skipping out on his like radio duties this man is doing a lot in vegas he he doesn't vacation for george is i'm not going to be on the radio but i'm going to be on the jump and then you know what else he's got going on, Clinton? He's going to go from the jump. He's got like sideline reporting duties yeah. during summer league games. And then in the same day, he's going to go from the sidelines of a game. The next game, he's actually going to be doing the play-by-play of yeah, the basketball he's, game. He's a, he's a, he's, listen, he is what I would call a combo guard. You know what I'm saying? Multi-tool player. So, listen, if you're out here wondering how to make it in this business, George Sedano, great example of how to get it done. We love to. Dude, you just, you just grind and grind and grind and never say no. You say yeah. yes to everything. Seriously. That's exactly what's going on. So, Clinton, talk to me, man. I haven't seen you since last Wednesday, while. two weeks ago, three weeks ago, when we were both at Rams training camp. Yeah. You were, uh, at that time, you were rocking that really cool tank top that you were telling <laughs> us all about. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, <laughs> that and was you great. Were, right. You were the, the president of the Handsome Man Community. Did I get the yeah. word right? Community. Yeah, you nailed it. Right? So, been... so the president of the Handsome Man community took the show on the road, and I went to a place called Dyersville, Iowa. Mm-hmm. Now, there's no real reason why you would know where Dyersville, Iowa is, unless you were a large fan of the 1989 film called Field of Dreams. Now, Dyersville, Iowa is Dyersville, Iowa. Iowa on its own is in the middle of nowhere, and Dyersville. Dyer is in the middle of nowhere, Iowa, just to give you an idea. So we're talking an hour and a half away from Cedar Rapids. So I wake up, Thursday, today's Friday, Thursday morning, and I got to drive. So I'm like, listen, I get after it. You know, I get up at about dawn. And I'm like, listen, I'm getting up and I'm going to the park. You know, I've seen the movie. I know how the lines get. There's two roads in and there's one road, there's one road in, one road out, two lanes. So I'm like, no way. I'm not getting caught up in any foolishness, and I wanted to be at the yard early enough to be able to experience all the stuff, quite frankly, before they open the gates. Now, okay. mm-hmm. so I go there, yeah. and I got a couple tips for you guys, so check this out. So I'm driving through, and there's like two different ways you can go, and this is not really important, but it gets to something. And it's like stadium traffic this way, but I had a side route because I was paying attention to the GPS, and I kind of wanted to take a more country route rather than just whatever they sort of channeled you through. I was being ambitious, which was turned out to be a mistake. And I get like halfway through what is sort of the back route where you're kind of going through town, and the GPS goes out. And I'm like, oh, no. And by goes out, I mean it just stops working because it could not pick up the roads anymore. You know when you get in certain yeah, parts of the yeah. country, it's like thing just craps out, and all of a sudden you're on your own. Yeah. And mind you, 
being on your own in one thing in LA or wherever, you know, like, okay, but dude, we're in Cornfield, Iowa. And if you've ever seen Field of Dreams, there is nothing embellished. You are looking at corn for days, literally. So driving around on these roads, I'm like, yo, I'm low key lost. Mind you, I've got a hit on KJZ that morning in like 10 minutes at this time. So I'm thinking, what do I do? So I try to sort of backtrack in my mind, but these roads are all windy. None of them have street signs. All the houses look the same. And again, cornfield upon cornfield upon cornfield. So there's no visual markers to help me figure out where I've been and where I'm going. So we're getting close to, close to it now. We're like five minutes away from the hit. And I'm not going to tell them that I'm lost because I don't want to. I don't want to cancel it, you know. And I'm I'm in the car, so it's no big deal. I'm talking on the speakerphone. And then finally, I had an idea. I said, "Ooh, I need to find a way to get back to the map." So you know what I did, Cap? Tell me. I, because I was I was still using the GPS, but it just kept saying directions not available. Directions not available. I said, "You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna click the walk directions." And Ooh. I clicked the walking directions, and then just drove those, which is a thing to keep in your toolbox young navigators because it doesn't you my best guess is that for walking directions it just takes the map and it doesn't triangulate from the satellites in terms of like what the fastest route is so like the route was circuitous but whatever i'm in a car so i could just drive them you know and it was like woo, things started moving i was like ooh, this is gonna work so they start calling me they call me and i tell them off the top i'm like listen guys I'm lost in a cornfield. And I took that because I'd taken a wrong turn and I was on a dirt road. And they're like, legit. And so I'm finally, finally, finally start following the route and I get back to the thing. And so I'm still doing the radio hit. I'm trying to get in the parking lot. I don't have my parking pass because that's also digital and the phone's not working. And the guy's looking at me. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm talking on the radio. Please just leave me alone. He's like, just go through, bro. And I was like, all right, sweet. So I get there, finish the hit, explain to them what's going on. And like, yo, this situation... I'm telling you, man, that was a farm farm. We're not talking like, oh, there's a barn, a couple bales of hay, maybe a cow. No, 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 no. The lovely aroma of manure and mulch was ever present the entire time, big time. That's not a lie. So you're out there. It's kind of muddy. It kind of stinks. Whatever. We're in Iowa. We're getting it done. But this thing, Scott, was a major production major production now they built an entire new stadium next to the old stadium right 8,000 seat joint big deal a bunch of faux wood paneling all the way down to the um phones and dugouts like they really went all out with this barn farm motif right pretty cool now the cool thing about it is that this what's known as the small field there the field you see in the movies they had a kids game there, a U14 game there the day before. So like a bunch of kids came in from Chicago and New York and they played a game on the small field and then they get they went they got to go to the game the next day. Now, I'm there and I'm looking around, you know, sort of getting the lay of the land, trying to figure out what the story I'm going to write is. But I got to walk around the grounds and do all the stuff with nobody there at all. Which, listen, Scott, your feelings about Field of Dreams aside, the field is pretty cool. You know what I mean? Forget the movie for a second. You know, it's a baseball field in a cornfield. And the way they have it set up, because the movie very obviously and iconically, you walk into the cornfields and the ghosts disappear. You don't really know where they're going, and that's kind of the mystery of the whole thing. But the way they do it there, the layout is such that 
if you walk into like sort of the left center field, there's just it's not marked, but they're just sort of gaps in the corn with little pathways. So you kind of see and you know where to go and it leads to a path back to the big field. So that was cool. I put a little time lapse of it on um on Twitter for those who want to check that out at Clinton Yates. I, I did a whole sort of tweet uh thread about the day. And like that part was dope, you know, and some people were there, you know, some sort of early gatherers because they hadn't let people in, some sort of VIPs, and I took a bunch of pictures and did all that stuff, and then everybody showed up, Scott. <laughs> like, I can't believe I missed this on your Twitter, by the way. I mean, because- cause I was doing it all day, bro. This I, is my I know, whole thing. I, I, I can't believe I totally missed all this because I was, yesterday, I was like, you know, I'm not really that into this. I don't really know that I'm going to watch this, and then right. we were on the air yesterday. Ramona was in yesterday for George. And I, I was like, okay, look, it's on while we're on the air, so I'm going to turn it on. And Clinton, from where I sat, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, you know what? I thought this was kind of <clears throat> corny, <Yeah>. but then <laughs> I watched it on TV and I thought, you know what? This is pretty cool. You'll have to check me on this, but was this the first time they've ever done this, or is this something that's been done before? Because now 100% I see everybody- 100% the first time. Okay, because everybody's talking about- First big league game in it. Iowa ever. Yeah, because everybody's saying like- now they should do it every year or in fact not only should they just do it every year maybe what they should do is leave that ballpark set up and have you know they had the yankees and the white Sox, but maybe tomorrow Mm. they should have the next two teams and the next two teams what do you think yeah i mean look it's not a venue quite frankly that is remotely set up for that at all Eight thousand people on a farm in a parking lot is let me tell you something a logistical game ops disaster quite frankly but it was a one-shot deal, so everybody's just kind of going for it. There's trailers everywhere. It's like the daggone Gator and Golf Club Daytona 500. These things are speeding around everywhere. It, it was a lot. You know what I mean? And the reason why I pointed out the difference between when the gates opened and when it didn't is that the whole notion of sort of the heavenly serenity and all that went straight out the window once 8,000 people from Chicago and New York descended upon that place with their dads and their tall boys and their cameras and their baseballs, and they were everywhere. So, like, I got a little bit of the so-called heavenly experience right up until the fans got there, and I'm not trying to be pompous. I'm just saying, like, it was a very different vibe. And so the sort of idyllic nature within which you think about that movie and so on and so forth was just gone. But... The game starts, and yo, Fox went completely over the top. And I don't necessarily mean that in a bad way. I just was not expecting it. There was a whole kit and caboodle, not regular vaganza, big-time extravaganza in terms of how they presented this. Kevin Costner walks out. He delivers a speech. He's got, like, a blocking pattern. And by blocking, I mean like stage play blocking, not like blocking sleds on the offensive line. He's walking patterns, moving the different marks. And it was the whole thing. I was like, whoa. And like, look, I like Fielder's Dreams as much as probably, maybe not the next person, but like they were taking this thing all the way to the gills on the cheese factor. And like, all right, <laughs> some people are really into that. And I don't mind that. I'm not going to knock anybody. I'm not going to yuck anybody's yums. But I was just like, whoa, this is a borderline cult experience, you know? And people were liking it, I guess. And, you know, Kevin Costner, is this heaven? No, it's Iowa. I can't hear you. I was like, oh, my God. We got it. I can't hear you out of Costner. So, like, they really, <laughs> really did it up. I got to tell you, man, from a television standpoint, watching it on TV, and I only watched it until we got off the air last night, which was at 630. 
Um, but from what I had seen, Costner walking through the cornfields, coming out onto the field from right center, uh, then all the players, because he's standing there between first and second base, all the players then coming out of the cornfields and shaking his hand and whatever, and then Costner addressing the crowd. I mean, I, I watched it and went, okay, I didn't think this was going to be something I'd want to watch. And I would never have just sat down in the middle of the day to watch a White Sox-Yankees game. But right. because it was on network television and was because we were on the air and it was happening live, I said, I'll watch it. And I thought, just from a television production standpoint, I'm like, wow, this thing is a great piece of television production. So that's how I saw it from you know watching here in California. Watching yeah, it, on it television. was a grand show. I, I, I can understand it. It was a very grand show and a very small place. Good for them. It was great. I'm not knocking that. But then the baseball game turned out to be amazing. Bombs going out all over the place. Top nine comes. The Yankees hit two homers to take the lead. And then T.A. gets up. Tim Anderson, as far as I'm concerned, the coolest player in the major leagues, shortstop for the White Sox, first pitch yam wins the game, no doubter into the right field corn. Place goes insane. Well, it was and the, amazing. And the fireworks show that yeah. happened after he hit that home run, it was like, wow. Because, you know, you know the movie The Natural when, yeah. when Roy Hobbs hits that home run and it hits the lights and it blasts all the lights and you're like, wow, this is kind of the climax of the whole movie? Mm -hmm. I mean, they could not have possibly – scripted the the outcome any better than the way the game actually ended by not the way remotely yeah by the way i mean that's that's the column i wrote if you want to check it out the undefeated i said listen if you don't like the movie field of dreams has a lot of sort of not logic holes but like there's a lot of things that a lot of people have issues with it just in terms of like the laudatory nature of a certain era in baseball but like the column i wrote was tim anderson has written the best script at field of dreams ever because that was a hell of a moment after an extremely long day so like i applaud those two teams for doing it because that's another thing that people forget is that you know baseball players are very routine oriented and doing something like randomly driving three hours out into the middle of the country to play a game and getting off your routine cannot be easy but ta was taking a couple out in batting practice and he got a hold of one at the end of the game a little oppo taco into the corn oppo corn taco morales isolate that and put it in a bump but anyway, it was great. It was a good time. So I had to get up and get back. You know what I mean? It was a little hectic. It was a little schmaltzy. But for a one-time <laughs> deal, I'll take it. But I don't think they should be doing this everywhere at any time. Because also there's only 8,000 seats there. There's one road in, one road out, man. It's, it's a lot. Well, I got to say, uh, excellent word, schmaltzy, and excellent <laughs> pronunciation. You hear that, Morales? All right? It's not mishbuka, mishbucha, and a little schmaltzy right there. Now, by the way, Clinton, I just want to say one thing before we hit this first break. And that is yep. this. The reason I think I missed all of this on your Twitter is because you do something that I never do on Twitter, which oh. is change your name. And you changed <laughs> your name to LaBird James. And I, I swear to you, I've seen it on my timeline over and over and over again and thought, who's this guy? Who's this LaBird James guy? Who is this guy? So LaBird stands for Twitter, as in like the bird, LaBird. <laughs> but I just changed the spelling. I like to switch it up. You know, it's summertime. It's like summer camp, you know, just... Use a funny identity for the week. Who knows? I, I change it about you, every month. I missed. Yeah. I had no idea that that was your Twitter yeah. account. It's the, the display <laughs> name, the DN. So yeah. Until I was looking it up while you were talking about this. All right, listen, we're just getting underway. Let me tell you something. You're talking about the way this game ended last night in mm -hmm. the cornfields in Iowa. But let me tell you how Jared Goff's 
first game with the Detroit Lions is underway. There's 13.30 to go in the first quarter. Goff has already been in and is already off the field. I'll explain why. Coming right back. Real quick, what's the easiest choice you can make? Window seat over middle? Beach vacation over camping? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. All right, it's Friday afternoon here on 710 ESPN, Sedano and Kaplan. Kaplan in, Sedano out, but the president of the handsome man community, Clinton Yates, is in the house. You have no idea, dude. You have no idea that from two-plus weeks ago when you and I were at Rams training camp, Mm -hmm. I walked around like, you know when a song gets stuck in your head and you just can't stop singing the song? I must have said inside my head like five million times, handsome man community, handsome man community. I'm desperately trying to get into the handsome man community. I would like to be part of the handsome man community, the HMC. I mean, I said it thousands of times. You just drilled it into my head, Clinton Yates. Scott, when Sedano is back, we will have a reveal of your application status. We have reached we have reached a decision, okay? But okay. we're waiting for Sedano to get back so okay. we can be sort of complete. We can have a quorum, if you will. Just tell him he's denied. It's okay. At the, at the, at the now, Laura, community how can, meeting. Laura, you, but wait, Laura, you don't have a vote in this, do you? Oh, does, I does don't, but I, in my no, mind, I do. No, no, no. She can be an advi- <laughs> she's an advisor. Come on. But no official vote. And to be clear, I am the president of the local ESPN chapter. Oh, the I am chapter. not the president of the community writ <laughs> large. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not that much of an egomaniac. Sidebar, speaking of Iowa... Kevin Costner, yeah. long time, upstanding ambassador for the handsome man community for sure. Guy still looks great. You know what I'm saying? I was really impressed by how in shape he was, how good the flow was looking. You know, he's, he's not dressed like a slob. You know what I mean? You know how some rich guys get old and they start looking like complete doofuses? And he's not like that at all. He's still got it together. So that you was know, cool. You I, know, I actually also saw him yesterday on TV and I was like, you know, Costner, I don't know how old he is. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I, I, I don't have any idea. You guys have a guess? How old do you think Kevin Costner is? In his 60s, I would think? <laughs> he's got to be in his 60s. I mean, just by the sheer amount of time he's been doing work. Right. And so I see Costner on TV. And he's wearing like this, uh, these like cool sort of like khaki-ish color pants and a white button-down shirt. Yeah. And it's and it's untucked and he looks sharp and he had on these cool-looking shoes. And I went, man, that's a good look right yeah. there. <laughs> it absolutely was a good look. Um, so just to close out the Iowa docket, if you will. So the other thing that happened was, of course, the very important element, which is the food factor. Now, they made it sort of like it was not – okay, so the Iowa State Fair – also started that day in a completely different part of the state, but it was particularly, it was like just normal concession stuff. I guess they had cheese curds. I don't really eat stuff like uh, that, so I wasn't uh, really into that. The, the word curd. <laughs> when you say cheese curd, I'm like, what is that? And they're like, oh, you've never been to Wisconsin before. They have cheese curds. I'm like, listen, the word curd doesn't do it after for me. cheese sounds gross to me. It's totally like, with you. Yeah. It sounds like fried and soft and, mm. you know, not like a mozzarella stick, you know, like I, that's something no. that I would not Curd normally sounds eat. like something has gone wrong, you know yeah, what I mean? Right. And so right. for sure. It's too so close now, to turd. Exactly. 
and too close to curdling, like milk curdles. That's gross. Anyway, so Guy Fieri, Guy Fieri. Speaking of Guy Fieri, Guy Fieri. Wow. Speaking (laughs) of you know, speaking of upstanding members of the community, the mayor of Flavortown, as we know him. Yeah. He's got this installation set up when this is the big hype thing. Guy Fieri's got this new food thing, blah, blah, blah. Now, what it is is he's calling it a hot dog apple pie, mm-hmm, which I'm yeah. like, oh, okay. Yeah, like, Laura put this into what you need to know the other day, and we all were discussing, would you have a hot dog apple pie? And I'll tell you right now, based on the picture that I saw, I wanted to try it. So go ahead. So I was like, no way, no how. That just sounds like it's uh, – no, this is not the kind of thing I put into my body. But I was there all day, sort of committed to the bit. People were hitting me up like, bro, you got to eat it. You're the only one we know there. Tell us about it. I'm like, all right, all right, all right, fine. So I go over there, and it's got, and they've got like this whole setup. He's got a couple classic cars out there. People are out there in like hot dog outfits. It was a whole circus on some level. And they're just giving them away. Hot you get, a, you get like a, a, a hot dog apple pie in a little you know, half, half box and a bottle of water. So I'm like, all right, yeah, 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 I'll take it. Now- I'm thinking, okay, like, all right, this, this thing can't be whatever, that bad. So I sit down. I sit right next to the field. I sat on the bleachers. I sat on the same part of the bleachers where the little girl Karen in Field of Dreams eats the hot dogs and chokes. I was committed to the bit. Now, I take one bite, and I thought to myself, okay. But then I just sort of looked around, and I'm looking at everybody else, and I go, there's some guy sitting next to me. I go, what do you think of this? He's like, I don't really know. And I said, it just tastes like a hot dog and an apple pie. That's like it. And like, <laughs> I like hot dogs. I like apple pies. But it only made me yearn for one or the other separately. <laughs> it didn't really work together. You know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't bad. It was yeah. just like, I don't want a hot dog in the middle of my apple pie. This is hard to eat. Yeah. You know? So it wasn't even as much a flavor combo thing as it was like a food construction thing. And like, I, it just didn't work for me. I took one bite and threw it away. It was free anyway. But like, it, it wasn't a combo that worked for me. So it wasn't bad. It's just that like, I don't, it's like a mashup of two songs that I sort of like that does not make either song better. You know what I'm saying? That's what happened. So that's your review. That was Iowa. That was heaven, so to speak, on a baseball field. There you go. Clinton Yates back in L.A. after yeah. spending the day in the cornfields in Iowa. Hey, real quick, before we kind of get rolling here today, the Dodgers and the Mets are underway. It's the top of the first, and the Dodgers already have Max Muncy on second base. That's first thing. I'll be keeping my eye on this Dodger game. Secondly, I can't help it. I'm, I'm not a preseason football kind of person, Clinton. Yeah. But I am so curious to see Jared Goff play for the Detroit Lions. And it's not like, you know, Jared Goff doesn't have a whole bunch of games under his belt, but it is a new team. It's a new franchise, new city, and a new uniform. He comes out for his first series, and on the very first pass play, he throws what should have been an interception. It was knocked down by Buffalo's defense. Then they run the ball, get nowhere. Then he gets sacked, and the the total first drive for the Detroit Lions, including the punt, lasted 90 seconds. Then Buffalo drives down the field and kicks a long field goal, and Detroit has the ball back, and we're going to take a look at Jared Goff here for another round, another offensive series. But, man, oh, man, I mean, that very first pass, I was like, dude, you're a veteran quarterback in the NFL playing in the preseason. Most veteran quarterbacks don't play in the preseason. Right. And pass number one was nearly picked and should have been picked. It should have been picked. It hit the guy in the, in the, in the gut. 
and he was so surprised it got on him that he dropped it. You know what I mean? It was a linebacker. It was a bad throw. Uh, that, you know, not exactly to the flat, sort of on the curl route. And I was just like, what are you doing? I could see this guy come in, and I'm sitting here on my couch in Venice watching it on TV. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, what? it was a bad throw. That, horrendous, as you said to me when I first brought it well, up. Well, my, like my ex-mother-in-law, she used to say, that's horrible. <laughs> horrible. Say so everything she would say, was, she was like out of breath. It's horrible. It's a horrible throw. And, yeah, it was. It was really bad. Man, Detroit, at least, listen, it's preseason. I got it. But, man, oh, man, at least in these first two offensive series, uh, as Jared Goff was saying just the other day, he was, uh, there was a piece that was written by Sam Farmer, and it was like, man, we're starting from ground zero. Nobody has any expectations of us, and it's true. I mean, they, they look – Again, this is five, six plays into the preseason. They look terrible. They look bad. I mean, the preseason is not something to go crazy about if you look good, but it's definitely reason for reasonable alarm if you look awful, and they look awful right now. Can't get anything moving. Offensive line getting absolutely zero push. I mean, this is a beatdown, and this is the first five minutes of a preseason game. Yep. Guys and getting so, stuffed in the backfield all day. What's going on? I don't know, man, but I'll tell you this, uh, that, that – I did not think that Jared Goff deserved as much blame as he got. And I don't know what's going to happen with Matt Stafford, although when I say I don't know, what everybody, and we were out there two weeks ago, and then me and Sedano were out there with LZ. This was about a week and change ago. And everybody's just raving about Stafford and what it is to have a veteran quarterback who's got, you know, 12 years under his belt and, and, you know, can move around the way he does. But I'm telling you, Jared Goff, is, is going to go back and, and think to himself, what happened here in my football life, in my football career? How did I go from the Rams and being in the Super Bowl and then last year getting hurt and winning a playoff game? How did I come to Detroit where it's just preseason game number one and nothing is going even remotely right for Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions? And I'm telling you guys, because I know everybody's not watching like we are, we're like seven minutes into this game and it already looks terrible. He looks hard. He's running for his life. He can't find anybody downfield. He's arguing with the referees. I mean, what are we doing here? This is the problem. Like, I don't want to get off into a bashing Jared Goff session because he's out of town. But, like, this is still reasonably relevant at this stage. It's week one of the preseason. You know, LZ, we miss you. But, you know, your Lions are looking like garbage. You know what I'm saying? What are we doing here? This is not good. Like, this was the issue with Jared Goff. It wasn't always just the throws. It wasn't always just the decisions. It was the generalized body language of a leader that never really came across as NFL ready. Would, would you agree with that, Cap? Well, here's the thing. I always felt like as a young guy um, who then had a very uh, domineering personality and a charismatic personality as a head coach that you could never for some reason become the, the face, the leader, the voice you know, and, and we're going to find out in Detroit, can he become that? Because, you know, he's a veteran player now. He's already played in a Super Bowl. They went out and made this move. They gave up their guy who put up these Hall of Fame statistics who never won a game. Can he become a leader of a franchise? And um, you're right. I mean, I'm seeing this body language already, and I'm seeing this decision-making. But listen, I, I mean, I'm putting it on Jared Goff, but don't forget – you know, Anthony Lynn is the offensive coordinator of the Detroit Lions. You know, two guys got run out of L.A. last year. Anthony Lynn is head coach of the Chargers, and Jared Goff is quarterback of the Rams, and now these two guys are reunited in Detroit. And, you know, Anthony Lynn didn't really have, like, a long, distinguished resume as an offensive coordinator in the NFL. So No, but I think he also had some teams that caught a lot of tough breaks. I mean, Anthony Lynn got run out of town because he was a head coach of a team that was really looking on the up. Now, Goff, on the other hand – 
they simply felt they need to get rid of him. But this is a big year for Goff, you know? As far as you talked about his football life, I'm not saying he's going to be out of the league next year if he doesn't, you know, go to the Pro Bowl. But, I mean, this dude looks pedestrian at best. Yeah, he just made one really nice throw. I, I, I Listen, I, again, I was never as down on Jared Goff as everybody else was, and I used to sit here last year and pick apart every single play and, and question why they ran on this down versus yeah. why they threw on this down versus why they rolled him to the left when he's a right-handed quarterback, and this is not Patrick Mahomes. So he just did make one really nice throw, and, uh, and it is, again, it's early in the preseason. You talk about people making too much or too, too little. It's like last night. I don't know if anybody happened to catch a little bit of New England in their first preseason game last night, and people are raving about Mac Jones, their first-round draft choice quarterback. I'm like, guys, that's 19 pass attempts. That's 13 pass completions. That's 87 yards of offense. Let's all pump the brakes here just a little bit. Well, I saw my homegirl Mina Kimes tweet something that was very pertinent, which was that his – hold on, let me find the tweet because she, of course – ah, here it is. 2.53 seconds average time to throw. Getting the ball out quick is what she said, and Mina Kimes knows a lot more about football than me, so I'm just going to act like I learned that from her because I did. Yeah. Listen, he looked good. He looked really yep. good. Mac Jones looked really good last night. And to me, he's a guy that was groomed for the New England Patriots because when you play at Alabama for Nick Saban and then you're handed off to Bill Belichick in New England, those are two guys that are, you know, they they are the same kind of guy. Yeah, but Saban I mean, come on. It's not like Saban's out here turning out quarterbacks left no. and right. I mean, the no, Cam no. Newton disrespect is pretty heavy. Well, we can all hear it. You know? I mean, listen, the, Cam Newton did not exactly put up some kind of great performance last night, and that's what I'm trying to say, though, is that right. – is that Cam Newton didn't have this great performance, and while Mac Jones looked really good, that's what's been buzzing around today is people going, oh, man, Mac Jones, he can be the starter, no doubt, week one. So, listen, we'll talk. There's, there's preseason football going on right now. We're at least watching the Lions because of Jared Goff. Also, what's happening right now is the Dodgers are up one nothing on the Mets. We're going to keep our eyes on that all afternoon. But come hang out with us. Clinton Yates is in the house for Sedano. Producer Laura is here. Jesse the Body is here. And Overrated, Underrated is coming up next. This is Sedano and Kaplan on 710 ESPN. When you're on a business trip, you know what goes completely off the rails? Your workout routine. Especially when you book a hotel that doesn't have a gym. So what ends up happening is you do a few push-ups and sit-ups in your room, run around the block, or just skip it entirely. Lame. If you just stay at La Quinta by Wyndham, you'll discover there's a fully equipped fitness center at every location. Now you can wake up and power your buys and tries the right way or de-stress with some cardio. The choice is yours. Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Thank you, Chris. That was nice of him to make a specific one for me. What's up, Jesse the Body? How you living? I'm I'm living good. It's Friday. It's Friday the thirteenth of all Fridays. I'm ready. I'm ready for the weekend. I'm ready for the Rams game tomorrow. Jesse, have you ever gone by the nickname The Body? That's kind of a nope, only, kind of a dated nickname. Oh, I mean, I like oh, it, but you know, I mean, it's it's Cap, so that's he's the only person who calls well, me that. I, <laughs> what I'm for, asking for is basically, are there you know? Okay, so listen, we all know who Jesse The Body Ventura is, not just from his wrestling career, but from his political career. Mm-hmm. What I mean is that is that one of those names where like. You know how, Scott, if you have a certain name, your yeah, nickname like is always calls, something? Right. If your name's Lou, people call you Sweet Lou. You know what right, I mean? Right, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Like, most Jessies go by the body. Because, I, I mean, I know a couple of Jessies. None of them go by that. Though. No, I yeah. never went by the body. For the most part, uh, growing up, it was J-Lo. That, that's what it was right. for Oh, me. okay. Yeah. Yeah, when your name's Jesse Lopez, they call you J-Lo. But when Jesse and I mm-hmm. were doing the night show together, Clinton, Mm-hmm. Jesse and I are both huge wrestling fans, which, by the way, played out on the airwaves yesterday. Afternoon. I heard that. I was actually listening to that. Yeah. 
And so um, for me, I, I I like Jesse the body more than I like J Lo, and we just went okay. with it. That's fine. Yeah. Yep. I don't I don't I don't hate it. You know, I just it's such a great nickname. Like to think of just think of the level. This is totally completely unrelated, but. And I'll get off this in a second. Think of how much of an ego you have to have to refer to yourself <laughs> as the body. Well, it's like just your going nickname. It's they great. used to, when Jesse Ventura was a wrestler, and I mean, I was a little kid, they would announce him, hey, from Venice, California. He'd walk up to the ring announcer and he'd go, no, 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 San Diego. And he'd go, from San Diego, California. And then he'd go, no, 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 no hold on, from Los Angeles. From oh Los Angeles. God. So it, he was, that was his character, you know? And it's funny how you went from wrestler to politician. Right. I always like to throw in in the middle of that movie star, too. That's true. He did have a good little stint as an action movie hero. That's good. Well, not hero. I ain't got time anti-hero. to bleed. Right. Anyway, sorry. I did not mean <laughs> so to throw guys. us off on Jesse <laughs> the right, body. So, guys, <laughs> is yes. it overrated or underrated to call Jesse the body? Oh, good question. <laughs> Look at Laura oh, on the spot. Radio segue. Very good, Laura. I will nice say work. the body is an underrated nickname. This is kind of what I'm getting at here. Like, I need more Jesse's. To be going by the body, I might I might hit my buddy Jesse Jesse Doherty who covers the Washington Nationals for the uh, for the Washington Post. I might just start calling him the body just to annoy him. That's See if he likes it. That's a fantastic idea. That's yep. <laughs> I mean that's essentially what Cap did. And we, I just rolled with it. Right. Got you. <laughs> all, right, all right. So the, all right, the body. What do you got? Overrated, underrated. All right. So I, like I mentioned, kind of a little bit earlier. It's today is Friday the thirteenth. Notorious mm-hmm. for being, you know, the horror franchise, Jason Voorhees. So I got a simple one to start it off with. Is Friday the 13th the superstition of Friday the 13th, overrated or underrated? Clinton, how about it? Whole thing overrated. I know I'm going to upset my buddy Julian who loves Friday the 13th because it's sort of the horror film of record of our generation. But, like, I mean, really? Like, I, there was something about Friday the 13th that was always just a little too ridiculous for me. You know what I mean? Like, really? This guy's walking around in a goalie mask from the 1970s you know what i'm saying like the visibility in those things is terrible you know what i'm saying i feel like if i could run away from that guy he's got a machete and a goalie mask on he's like, like you stand to the right hard. of him you won't be able to right see him. that's not that hard to evade you know what i mean no so, peripheral vision whatsoever. zero you know what Blinders. i mean can't stray for anything so i think the whole thing is overrated even though i realize it is very popular I did not know today was Friday the 13th. I woke up this morning and I turned on the radio and somebody said, hey, it's Friday the 13th. You got to be careful out there. You know, there was a, a traffic reporter saying that. And I was like, oh, right. Today is Friday the 13th. And then I thought, okay, don't get into any sort of accidents or problems or anything like that. Not that I'm going anywhere right now. But the thing is, like, I'm not a superstitious kind of person. So, like, I try to make sure I, I say, don't let this anything happen on Friday the 13th because then you'll all you'll hear about is, oh, that's bad. It happened on Friday the 13th. So I'm saying the whole notion of superstition, of bad luck and all these things happening, overrated on Friday the 13th. Totally agree. It's like a middle school level fear is what it is. Unless something happens and then you're going to be like, oh, damn, this all happened on Friday the 13th. I'm just trying to make sure everything's cool today. That's you, all. you just got to watch out for Friday the 13th that are also the same days as a full moon. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'll mm-hmm. give you that because full moons are a legitimate thing. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. That's why the word lunacy exists because people legitimately act different when there's full moons. So like, I'll give you that. That combo, stay in the house for sure. Oh, listen, yeah, to, listen to ESPN LA. Do that or buy some scratchers. <laughs> listen, hey, last night was a crescent moon. Laura, I tried to go outside late last night. Did not you? Midnight, not midnight late, okay. like 11.30 late last night. I said after midnight, though. I know, and yeah, I, I was trying to find the meteor shower. 
And I got nothing. I got no meteors last night. <laughs> well, first of all, it was definitely after midnight. Mm-hmm. And I did say I was going to text. And I did. You did. Mm-hmm. I did. And, and no nobody responded. responded right. all <laughs> Momo. Nobody cares. <laughs> well, no, we because they said that. Oh, I was like, damn, Clint, you know what No, I'm just saying. Like, go go no. for it, Clint. She was meeting me I didn't yesterday. mean it like that. I just meant people were humoring <laughs> you. But like going out in the middle of the night and looking at the sky, my, people, my folks might think you're nuts. You know? Well, we had a whole conversation yesterday about night owls versus early risers. And yeah. I got I got early riser shamed last uh, yesterday. Oh, I'm an early riser for sure. No, question we did not shame you. I said I'm a night owl and an early riser, but nobody it was, shamed it you. Was, it was it was I don't say it was shame, but Momo was definitely kind of talking bad and a little bit to those to those night owls. Okay, well, no, early, or no early riser. birds. I mean early birds. Yeah. yeah. All right, yeah, All right let's keep going. Jess. All right, so next one. How do you guys feel about Taco Bell? I mean, it served its purpose during my time. I, I did my time. Yeah. I have <laughs> a couple served, tours. Served its right. purpose, past right. tense. Yeah. So they are uh, notorious for making weird and uh, stonery food. And they're trying stonery. to def- defy <laughs> fast food again. Uh, they're building a new 3,000 square foot, two story, four lane drive through restaurant in what? Brooklyn Park, Minnesota. Three of those four lanes will be solely dedicated to mobile or delivery pickups made through the Taco Bell or third-party app. Uh, this new futuristic Taco Bell, which looks like insane, it's literally the top, which is the second floor, which is the Hold restaurant. On. You need to text this picture to the uh, group I, so, we I can, so we can get a proper analysis right of, the, of, the, of the layout. Because mm-hmm. you're talking about futuristic four-story, two-story Taco but I, I can't even visualize that. Well, I will, I will send that like, to What you does that right even now. mean? What does futuristic have to do with Taco Bell? Taco it, Bell's been stuck in the past forever. I mean, it's 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 more the design of it because it's of the building, the, yeah, yeah okay. because the, the four drive-through lanes are on the bottom, and then it's the whole store that's or the whole restaurant that's on the top. But it goes kind oh, of more the dine, into it for the dining experience. Yes, for the dining experience, and they've even said in the press release that it, it's going to be you know one of one of the big things. So while I find this uh, picture and send it to you guys, I'll tell you a story about quick. Taco Bell that oh, I do like. Go ahead, my well, bad. Well, no, I was just going to say is this is this move by Taco Bell the four lane drive-through overrated or underrated? Cap, go ahead. I'm going to have to go with overrated because unless there's something going on in Minnesota that I don't know about, is everybody there so consumed with Taco Bell? They're like, listen, here's the thing. Um, we need more Taco Bells. We need bigger Taco Bells. And we need to make sure that there are like at least four different lanes because so many people are ordering on mobile or calling it in that we got to keep moving them in and moving them out. So well, that's, for me, that's it's the thought for the Taco Bell. They're trying to, you know, stay in tune with the COVID restrictions and the yeah, no, social is, distancing. I totally get it. And this is what I was going to say. Like, I need uh, – th- this is a situation where – I need to know a lot more about what goes on in the day-to-day. I need a reality show for this place. You know what I'm saying? This is oh, the kind of joint watch that. where I need to know what's happening on the ins and outs. And number two, let me tell you what Taco Bell does better than almost every other fast food company out there these days. They're commercials. They've got full-blown feature films in these commercials that I want to watch. You know what I'm saying? These nacho fries ads and all this. I'm like, make the full movies, y'all. They're like animes. I'm intrigued. I got to say, say, looking at the picture, though, like I may not necessarily be Oh, I would hit this Taco Bell in a second. It's freaking rad. The picture is amazing. Gravity defying. That's what happens. That's that's normal. When I used to be at Taco Bell routinely, many things are gravity defying, if you get my point. So uh, I get your point completely. Granddaddy Perp. And this is a purple Taco Bell. So how about that? <laughs> you got right. one more for us, Jess? Uh, no, that's all I got for you that's for uh, underrated, overrated. Okay. Thank you, sir. All right. That's the body move. coming in strong.
Yeah, big such time. a Greg move. What? Yeah. What's a Greg move? You want me to do another one? Let's do it. Let's go. Oh, all of a sudden, don't be calling me out, Laura. I just did, bro. I just did. All right, you know what? Let's do one more. Sorry, Karen. No, I'm, right, just, I'm just kidding. Hold no, on. no. Let's go to Kiki. Stop wasting time. Yeah, let, let's do this. All right, listen. Hey, coming up, um, the Clippers and Kawhi, that deal is done, and it looks like he'll be a Clipper when they move into their new building. We'll get to that story coming up. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Clinton Yates is in today for Sedano. It's Sedano and Kaplan here on 710 ESPN. We're watching two sporting events while the show is going on. Dodgers won nothing over the Mets right now, top of the second inning. And we're watching the Lions and the Bills in the preseason because both Clinton and I seem to be interested in Jared Goff. And you know, Clinton, for as bad as things started in the first series for Jared Goff right now, he's seven for nine passing for 56 yards, and it's a 3-3 ball game. So it was a really bad first series for Jared Goff and the Lions on his very first pass. He was nearly picked, and on his third play, he was he was uh, sacked. But yeah, it's Jared never Goff about the numbers, though, man. It's never about the numbers for me with Goff. I just I need a guy. And I know this sounds terrible. It's the the eyeball test has been a disaster for Goff. You know what I mean? That's the thing. And I'm not I'm not a football analyst. I'm a guy that's covered a lot of football and watched a lot of football. I don't love football, but. I know a good football player when I see one, and he just feel it doesn't. It never feels right. You know what I'm saying? It's just it's weird. I I wish the guy well. I wanted him to get some fluidity in his game because he always feels a little just just herky jerky, a little stagnant. You know, I don't know. It's hard to explain. I uh, I hope that he proves you wrong because uh, I've always felt like with the Rams, he was a young kid. Again, a very charismatic head coach. He got him. He was part of getting them to a Super Bowl. Yeah. And then, you know, last year really went through a bunch of, you know, hard times. For, how about that, Jesse? Hard times. You don't know about hard times, daddy. Hard times <laughs> are when you get an injury and they thought the backup quarterback and then he get hurt in the first theory of the game and then they need you to come in and win the game. That's hard times, daddy. So uh, I'm, I'm rooting. What hard times are, daddy? You tell him. I'm, I'm rooting for him. I, I, I'm rooting for Jared. That's Gunn, fair. So. I also think, honestly, I don't want to get all into this, but I didn't, I didn't think that was the best play called. Super Bowl, quite frankly, but we'll talk about that later. Well, and don't forget, you know, that was a, a young coach at that time yeah. who I think was very starstruck by the entire situation. He learned a lot, for sure. Yeah. All right, for so sure. um, let, let me throw something at you here because I know you were on the jump earlier today with Sedano, yep. and uh, the conversation got into Kawhi Leonard and this new contract that he's got, which to me is just – it's always so fascinating when a guy is hurt, and as Ramona told us yesterday, he's not likely going to play this year. So mm-hmm. he signs this, what is a four-year contract. Um, but year one, he'll make, you know, 30-some-odd million dollars, $40 million, and, and really be sitting on the bench and rehabbing. Um, but what I find interesting is, is locking up Kawhi Leonard as you're headed towards a new building. And I really, I really wonder if the Clippers will ever be able to create more of their own fan base if they get out of Staples Center 
and get into their own new building. What do you say, Clinton? I think so. I mean, I think, look, I think part of the issue with the Clippers is that the Clippers have had trouble establishing their identity outside of the non-Laker option. And I never thought that that was a very smart strategy, even if it was fair. But I also think that, like, yeah, the building factor is huge. I mean, I used to say back on the day on the, on the, on, on these airways before I lived here that if Ballmer really had a pair, he'd blow up the forum just to be a jerk and piss off every Lakers fan in the world and really start a rivalry. But that's not going to happen. That said, the forum is, a, by the way, a great music venue, so do not come after me thinking I actually want to blow up the Great Western Forum. Anyway, I do think there's something to be said for sort of the house that Kawhi built factor. You know, if they get a new – if they, let's just say Kawhi comes back healthy. And with that season's what, three seasons away? That, excuse me, arena's three seasons away, Scott? Yeah, I think they say the 24-25 season. Okay, so I'm not great with the short-term math here, but basically yeah. that's three seasons away. I just made now, that up, yeah. If, <laughs> if they get to a situation where – because him and Paul George's, I believe their options line up, where they both say, you know what? This is the house that we built, or this is the house that Kawhi built, whatever the case may be. I think there's some legitimate energy there. I'd go to a new building just to see the new building. Hell, what the hell do you think all these Chargers fans are showing up for? I'd say half of these Rams fans are showing up just to see the new building. There's a lot of value in that. And in a fan base like LA, there's enough people there. Both of these fan bases can exist without them thinking that they're going to take one another over. That said, it's going to require them, I think, to get somebody with a little bit more personality. They're going to need, you know, Patty Beverly was one thing, but they're going to need a legitimate sort of outstanding star. And by outstanding, I mean their personality is outstanding. Now, Paul George is a good guy. You know what I'm saying? He says a thing or two here and there. But for the most part, their characters are relatively reserved, Scott. You know, I think it's as much about the new building as it is a personality factor because, quite frankly, their owner, operator, is the most outspoken guy on the team. And you don't want that. And they got well, rid. Of, they got to get rid of Chuck the Condor. That's a separate discussion. Well, you know, it's interesting you're saying that. You know, the the house that Kawhi built, using it as an example, right? Yeah. Like to me, I don't know that I would ever ever think that the Clippers got a new arena because Kawhi performed, played great, delivered, etc. I always think of of when teams get new facilities. If there is a player, I'll give you a great example. Okay, San mm-hmm. Diego. Tony Gwynn, Petco Park, that is the house that Tony Gwynn built. Meaning, yep. meaning that in the late 90s, when the Padres actually went to the World Series, and then because they went to the World Series, the public voted, yes, we want a new down, down, downtown ballpark. Those were Tony Gwynn's teams. That's the house that Tony Gwynn built. Mm, uh, I see this, is, this is the house that Steve Ballmer is building because Steve Ballmer can write a check to build that house. You know, uh, it's, it's no different than SoFi Stadium. That is the house that Stan Kroenke built because Stan Kroenke moved the Rams. By the way, five years ago today is when the Rams first started playing football here in L.A. That's huh. Stan Kroenke's place. This How about is going to be Steve Ballmer's place. Good call, Scott. Yeah, five Hold years. On. Okay. Five years. Right, so what you're saying is you don't think this would be – you don't think either way this would be the house that Kawhi built. I don't – listen. What if they want to ring? But they're already building the place. But, well, words, right, but okay, but hold on. The reason right. I'm asking that is because if the, if we don't think that the Clippers, who were putting cardboard cutouts in the seats long after they were allowing fans, can fill up the arena, a new arena, but a ring brought about by Kawhi perhaps, you know, builds up some more interest, does that not give him some 
for lack of a better term, right to the deed of ownership. <laughs> to, you know what I'm saying? The proverb. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm yeah. asking you genuinely. Yes. Like, no, you know. you're, you're, I, I think I get exactly what you're saying. If, if for some reason, between now and the time the Clippers' new building opens up, if the Clippers were to win a championship and then the fan base were different, it were bigger, it were more passionate, let's say, then you could say, yes, this is the house that Kawhi built because his team, his championship, and now they've got a whole new attitude and they've got a whole new fan base. I'm just saying literally the structure. I, I'm giving you this example of Tony Gwynn. The Padres played an old-ass Qualcomm Stadium, and it was a multi-purpose stadium. And because they made it to the World Series and lost to the Yankees, by the way, um, the public voted to spend public dollars on that ballpark. And right. the day that it opened, Tony Gwynn, you talk about Field of Dreams, Tony Gwynn, who was not playing anymore, he came walking out from right field, all the, from his position, from right field all the way to home plate. That was the house that Tony Gwynn built. This is the house that Steve Ballmer paid for. But if they win a title between now and then, I completely hear what you're saying. But I also think that, like, on some level, they don't even need to win the NBA title. They can go to the final. I think I can think it, it won't be the same direct sort of, you know, representation of the people. But if the Clippers go to the NBA Finals and then they jump into a new building, I'm telling you that will revitalize the dormant and small <laughs> Clippers fan base community. I really believe that. Well, um, I look at the Clippers exactly like I look at the Chargers, which is. They could have great players, but they never seem to be able to get to that championship level. No matter how much money they spend, no matter how much they have to, to pay in luxury tax, no matter what they do, and it doesn't even you can change owners, you can change buildings, but there is something about that franchise. They are the Chargers. And while the Chargers have had many great players and they've had, you know, times where people have said they're the best roster uh, in the NFL, they could just could never get over. And by the way, tomorrow night. Rams versus Chargers in the first game in SoFi where the fans will be in the house. So we'll talk about that later on as the afternoon goes on. Hey, Clinton, coming up next, it is time for Laura and what you need to know. What should we know? And then we'll get to this Rams-Chargers situation tomorrow night at SoFi. Stick around. This is Sedano and Kaplan. Clinton Yates is in for Sedano on 710 ESPN.